Welcome to Second Cherry, almost a Eurovision podcast. This week, we travel to Finland. Hello and welcome to Second Cherry. I'm Matt. And I'm Monty. This is the podcast that revives the songs that didn't make it to the Eurovision Song Contest. Each week we take you through a different country's national final and pick the song that we think deserves a second chance, a second bite of the cherry. And at the end of the series, you, the listeners, vote for your favourites and at our live event, we crown the winner of the Second Cherry Song Contest. We do. We do. <laughs> and we bloody well will. <laughs> we will. Hello, Matt. How are you? I'm good, Monty. Hello, how are you? I'm very well, thanks. Yes. Hmm. How are you, listeners? I, I assume we still have listeners? We do. We have we have people who are getting in touch as well. Oh. Yes, yes. So every week we say, you know, send us an email or tweet us or, or Facebook us or Instagram us. And you have in your... Numbers. <laughs> <laughs> and you're literally tens of tens. <laughs> Not that many. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it is nice to get your feedback. And uh, we, we've read out a couple of emails, but we, we haven't actually looked at any tweets. And that's remiss of us. We should have been, you know, maybe mentioning when people are tweeting us. So I'm just going to mention yeah. a few now. So actually, on our episode that's just gone out last week, um, the Bulgaria episode from Bob... Melancholic Eurovision songs are plenty this week. Thankfully, the chat is more cheerful. <laughs> we are officially happier than Bulgaria. Good. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Bob. Um, also on the Bulgaria episode from uh, from David. Great episode. I love the insight as I found it hard to separate the songs. So it was interesting to hear what you took from them. I shall re-listen to these now. Good. I'm glad that we're helping you to rediscover the songs. And actually, if you're listening on podcast radio, you'll hear the songs in their entirety because we get to play them in full on the yeah. radio. We don't for reasons on the podcast. We only stick to snippets. Snippets of the national final or live performance. And yet, if you're listening to podcast radio, you get the full songs, actual songs. Yes. So don't miss us on the podcast radio. Next tweet, uh, Neil Durham asked, any clues what this country will be? Sorry, we didn't see that until after you posted it. I didn't see that either. <laughs> uh, so it, it was Bulgaria, Neil. Um, yeah. But I think you'll have known that by the time we, uh, we, we, we tweeted back to you. Um, oh, thank you to everybody as well who uh, voted for us in the British Podcast Awards in the Listener's Choice uh, category. Um, a few people have uh, voted for us there. I mean, we're not going to win because, you know, we're not like a BBC podcast or anything like that. Yeah, I think but you need lots of votes to make a <laughs> But it's lovely to have your support. Thank you. <laughs> um, oh, Bob again, talking about Russia. I do like a geopolitical Eurovision storm on a Monday, as long as it's wrapped up in my favourite podcast. Oh, Bob, you love us, don't you? <laughs> we love you too. This is about the Portuguese episode, DJ Bus Replacement Service. And uh, they've said, I'm happy with the result of this episode. And even happier, you'll be in their lug holes. 
Oh, ear holes this summer. Rock holes, ear holes. No, same hole, just a different name. Um, and um, yeah, and Mo Comfort, who uh, emailed us the other week, uh, also on the Portuguese episode, a fantastic choice, chaps, for the Portuguese cherry this year. Really deserving of another go at some appreciation. Although I wouldn't have minded any of the songs, including the perhaps controversial one. As much as it pains me to say so, I did really fall for Neve's entry. Well, we thought that would be controversial if we picked it. It was a good selection, I have to say. I think it was probably one of the strongest national finals. It was good, wasn't it? Although the one we're talking about today is pretty strong as well, I have to say. But one of the tweets as well, this is... um, this is also from Portugal. Uh, every ep- This is from Bob. <laughs> every episode of this Eurovision podcast is special, but the 50th is extra special. They get better with age. Oh. All right, Bob, you've already won a mug. <laughs> <laughs> Thank yeah, we'd you. We'd love to hear from you as well. And um, actually, Jay um, uh, commented on our Facebook post um, on the Bulgaria post that they would have um, um, selected imaginary friend from the get-go. So, strong support for the one that we did choose. Yes. That is the one we chose, isn't it? It is the it one is we chose, yeah. For, for the one that we chose that I remember very well. You have just reminded me I've not been updating the website. I should be putting the entries we select as we go along. So, that's a nice little note for... Uh, oh, well, good. I'm and glad let's... that we've we've highlighted your tardiness. Yeah. <laughs> Admin point number one. <laughs> you can get on and do it. So, thank you. Thank you for your lovely comments. Uh, it is always lovely to hear from you. Do get in touch. We will give you the details at the end of the show that will keep you on the edge of your seats until we get there. <laughs> so this week we are in finland in inverted commons we're in finland we're going to talk about the national final but let's talk a little bit about finland at eurovision and their history they debuted in 1961 with valoa ekunasa uh, light in the window it was performed in finnish by laila kinunun Kinnunen. I can't to say. Kinnunen, I would say. Kinnunen. But I'm not Finnish. No. I just listen to you hard talk on <laughs> So they've participated 53 times since then. Hosted once in 2007 in the Hartwell Arena in Helsinki. Uh, they didn't participate in 1970 because... In 1969 was the four-way tie, and then there's a bit of a protest, and there's all a bit of a storm in the teacup. But they um, they came back, and but they also weren't in 95, 97, 99, 2001, and 2003, all because of like the relegation of the previous scoring system, and you had to qualify basically for Eurovision. So basically, for all of those years, they just never did good enough to be invited back for two consecutive years. <laughs> Bless them. <laughs> Bless them. <laughs> I think quite famously, I know that everyone who wins is famous, but I think winning in 2006 with Hard Rock Hallelujah Lordy is quite a famous winner. A lot of non-European fan like fanatics, once a yearers, do tend to bring this up with me all the time. Like, oh no, Lordy was a great winner, you know. I think it's quite a famous winner. You think that would have pushed them on to further success at Eurovision. However, they've come last 11 times. Um, including twice in semi-finals um, and three times they've got Neil Poir. So it hasn't been too good for them, especially recently. 
Um, but the they do have the record for the shortest ever Eurovision song, which was Aina Munpita, which was English. That's I, I always have to. Um, by the punk rock band Pertikurikan Nimipavat. Um, I couldn't get on board with that, I have to say. And that was the one where it was uh, made up of some members of the band had learning difficulties. Is that right? That's right, yes. Yes, and it came from an absolutely bonkers national final that mm. year. I mean, every song was a standout in so many different ways uh, not always for the right reasons uh, so actually a, a punk rock band made up of members who all had learning disabilities was probably the most you know conforming sort of national final but it didn't unfortunately um, catch on at Eurovision it is one of those that was last in their semi-final so there we go that's Finland at Eurovision So the national final this year was held on the 20th of February. Um, the UMK, the Uden Musikin Kilbailu, or the Contest for New Music, is the format that Finland has used to select their entry since 2012, with, uh, it has to be said, some mixed results. Mm-hmm. They came 11th uh, in 2013 with Soft Engine, uh, just two years into the format, but they've also not qualified five out of those nine times, including Darude, big hit, um, who we expected to, to do better, but he didn't get out of the semi-final. And also two low places, but two low places with artists who are Eurovision classic artists. Um, Krista Siegfried, who was 24th with Marini and Sara Altu, who was 25th with her song, but I can't remember the name of. Monsters. Monsters. That's it. Gosh. <laughs> Completely. Like, I need to write these things down. Um, the final was hosted at the Mediapolis in Tampere, hosted by Finnish pop star Antti Tuisko. Um, it had commentary in four languages for the first time as well on the online streams. So in Finnish, obviously, but also in English, Swedish and Russian. So feels like maybe they're trying to sort of grow the brand internationally a bit or you know they now know that international fans will will watch it yeah. um and they're trying to to build it it certainly worked i mean they had a peak of 1.7 million viewers uh, and that's the biggest since the format started so you know things are are going in the right direction i think with umk i would say that it's actually a real real success at the moment as a national final because Yes, we just spoke about some, some of the bad uh, results they've had, but actually, UMK's done, it's been doing quite well. Um, not least because their entry this year came sixth. We'll come on to that in a minute. But th- as you said, the viewing figures, 1.7 peak. That's, that's huge. And, you know, who knew that music industry buy-in and support from Wiley's own radio and music channels and outlets, uh, could result in a strong Eurovision entry. I think, you know, something to be learned from that. I like the way that the sort of the record companies seem to be on board as well. I think this is the the way forward. And certainly it's producing a domestic hit and a domestic interest. Um, and I like the idea that it is new music competition. I mean, obviously, all Eurovision has to be original songs, but it's got that feeling of kind of, you know, nurturing or giving a platform to uh, younger artists. Mm. Although one of the artists was decidedly not amongst the younger artists. It was a, a, um, 
uh, a vintage artist, shall we say. <laughs> yeah. we'll, we'll come to that as we get there. So one of the writers or the lead singer had to uh, hold Finnish citizenship or live in Finland um, in order to qualify. And 278 submissions were received and a panel of eight people um, appointed by the broadcaster selected the seven that were to go forward. The artists were publicised on the 13th of January and the songs were released one by one over, over the next week. Um, on the night, the winner was selected by a combination of public votes and seven international jury groups. Now, they weighted the jury and the televote very differently this year to last year. Uh, 75% of the vote was from the public vote and just 25% from the seven juries. And I think that, you know, there was a bit of controversy in last year's final um, when Erika Vickerman was expected to win. Oh, we forgot to say, actually, Finland are, of course, the defending champions. Yeah. The current title holders of second jury, having won last year with uh, Cicciolina by Erika Vickerman. So they weighted it more heavily in favour of the public this year. And there were juries from Iceland, Netherlands, Poland, Spain, Switzerland, United Kingdom and the United States. Mm. Uh, some familiar faces on the jury and in the spokespeople. UK spokesperson was William from Wee Wee Blogs. Uh, the Icelandic spokesperson was Clemens from Hattery. The Spanish spokesperson, Soraya, the 2009 entrant. And uh, the Swiss spokespeople were Zibs. Yeah. Yeah. So familiar faces there. And also one of the jury members, but we're not going to say who, may well be appearing on this podcast. Not this one, but this, not this episode, <laughs> but this podcast. At some point <laughs> in the future. This season. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it meant that the, the split of points was quite interesting. The, the 75% televoting had 882 points to distribute and the juries had 294 points the juries awarded them in similar to Eurovision yeah. style 2, 4, 6, 8, 10 and 12 points um, the televoting was done on the percentage basis so if you got 10% of the votes you got 10% of the available marks just as we do for our televote just as you'll be able to participate in uh, as listeners to the podcast later in the year they had almost 140,000 uh, votes cast and about two thirds of them were through the app and a third through um, telephone and SMS so I think this is clear indication that in voting app voting is really taking yeah, as it does app, in Melfast yeah. and MGP app was double wasn't it yeah it was yeah, yeah double the amount of the, the that's telegram. crazy yeah. actually there's something about that I mean it's it's something to talk about another time but you know just pondering how a strong app vote might affect results mm. who you know who votes on the app and stuff like that it's interesting to see how that might change over time. Yeah, and they break it down in um, Melody Festival. I mean, to minute detail as to what age group you're in, it's always interesting mm. to pour over as a geek. When it came to the televote being read out, though, I mean, they created so much suspense with the last vote to go. So we had um, Teflon Brothers and Pandora in the lead with 150 points and Blind Channel just needed to get their points. And they, they built it up to them needing 109 televotes. Yeah. What we didn't realise is how many televotes were available. And if we had, and we'd worked out how many had already been distributed, we would have realised that actually they were about to get 479 televotes, taking them 
them up to 551 overall. So it was a little anticlimactic if you'd worked out the maths. Yeah. And they kept it going for ages. But it was an absolutely overwhelming win for Blind Channel. So when Blind Channel got to Eurovision, they came fifth in the semi-final, 234 points, and sixth in the final with 301. So they upped their score in the final. I think that's not a surprise, because I think that when you have a broader number of countries voting, obviously there's more to get points from, but also I think, you know, uh, a song that's in a particular genre is more likely to find support with a broader number of people watching. So, yeah, I'm not surprised that they did better in the final. Um, it was equal to their best ever result apart from Lordi, but you have to go all the way back to 1973 to find that sixth place. It was Marion Rome with Tom, Tom, Tom. Mm. So let's have a little listen to Blind Channel, shall we? So that's Blind Channel, the Finnish entry. Matt, was it the right song? Did the right song win in UMK? Yeah, 100%. You can't argue the fact that it did so well and it won its national final so well. Um, and actually, I, I remember at the time watching the national final thinking, this is standout. It's not really my kind of music, but I, it does stand out as the best entry, the best selection for Eurovision. And then that, you know, came to came to be so yeah definitely right, right choice yeah it pains me to say it because I don't like it um, and I was still convinced it wasn't going to qualify never mind comes yeah. in the final um, but yeah you can't really argue with a good result like that can you and you know clearly it was the choice of the Finns so let's talk about the song shall we Before we get on to our first song, I just want to talk about the sort of musical uh, opening to UMK, which um, if you're listening and you've watched it, you'll know what it is. It was um, the host, Auntie, and our reigning second cherry champion, Erica Vickman, doing sort of like a, uh, a mashup of songs, which was very gay, very camp. Um <laughs> <laughs> Lots of pink and blue, purple lighting, um, tight spandex with revealing mesh sections and Erica wearing some Norse god headgear, I think it was. It was just everything you'd expect. Both lip syncing, I have to say, <laughs> but um, full choreo, so you can kind of like get away with that. But lip syncing, I think there's one, perhaps one of his songs mashed up with one of her songs, especially her song at the time, a new song. Um, and then this sort of hyper J-pop version of Chichilina, which was just a bit odd. It was all very high-pitched and very hyper, hyper, hyper. I loved it. Yeah. It just had the real queer sentimentality running through it and campness as well. Um, actually, the, the opening medley they named as a collection of songs, a sinful potpourri. 
Oh, that's what thought, it was. Yeah, which I thought was quite nice. I was looking for the songs. Neither of them have a song by that name. I was no, like, no, no, no. It's yeah. the, the collection of the songs together. And it was, there was that, you know, a lot of kind of sexual energy running through that. I, I thought it was great. I think Anti is a good performer. Oh, good. And I think, you know, maybe, you know, being lined up for the finish entry at some point. Maybe. The right yeah. song. Yeah. Yeah, loving that idea. Yeah. Mm. So let's get on to the music. Uh, What's our first song, Monty? The first song is "I Love You" by the Teflon Brothers and Pandora. Matt. Well, you know what you're going to get when the beginning of the performance is an alien spaceship getting put into a microwave and, and set for three minutes. <laughs> um, we, we, we are seeing these kind of Asian musical influences coming into Western music, like I said about the J-pop and K-pop. Um, and uh, this is very much in that wheelhouse, actually. Um, sidebar, do you know Krista Siegfried's wrote a uh, J-pop song? Oh, really? Yeah, J-pop or K-pop. I can't remember. One of the two, it, the band AOA, they're really big apparently. I don't know them, but they're really big. Yeah, anyway, sidebar. Um, anyway, this song, this is, this is a, a bit of a mess. It's a fun mess, but a mess all the same. There's a sort of space theme with blue face paint and bulging brains, light up brains. There's lots of pre-recorded visuals and overlays on screen. I think this is very much in the pandemic and you could tell the performances were very social distance and a lot of thought had gone into them. You could tell. The lyrics to this song, I mean, I can't quite get my head around them, but one of one of them is candidates from the local secretarial college always confuses my Finnish head. So... <laughs> That's a direct English translation, which doesn't help. But you, you get the drift. It's a bit of an odd song. Fun, and it has its supporters. But yeah. Uh, it's terrific fun. I mean, the blue space, the blue face makeup and this sort of, you know, this space alien costumes just look, make them look a little bit like space age Smurfs. It does, yeah. <laughs> I, just, I love it. I mean, there's, there's a lot of fun going on in say, there's a really nice bit where the backing singers are in the spaceship and they sort of pop their head out from underneath it upside down. <laughs> and then the next thing they're on podium, uh, dancing in these almost like a, it's like a Gina G type mirror dress but all the little mirrors are cut out in the little heart shape it's really it's really sweet it's so 80s it's I, it would have fitted in really well I think at Eurovision this year because there were so many 80s themed songs and it really reminds me of Aha there's something in the tune that just absolutely reminds me terrific fun. Pandora was in Melody Festival in twice That's in right. twi- 2003 with a song called You and 2004 with a song called Runaway neither of which I can remember neither of which qualified from their their heats That's probably why <laughs> And do you know how old she is? Oh 
I'm going to say she's probably older than she looks. Yeah, go on. She She's 51. Wow. She was 50 at UMK. She's older than me. Wow. I was quite surprised by that. She looks actually. amazing. Yeah, she does look good. It's great for a 51-year-old alien. Standing on top of a spaceship that's just come out of the microwave. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Teflon Brothers and Pandora, I love you. Lots and lots of fun there opening up the show. So song number two is Hurt by Axel. Now, Monty Axel won UMK in the cancelled Eurovision year, uh, returned with Hurt. What are your thoughts? Well, Axel is arguably the man who is responsible for Ticciolina winning second Jerry last year. Yeah. Because he was a bit of a surprise winner in the UMK. Um, you've got to feel a little bit sorry for him because, you know, of all those artists that were just given the nod to come back again this year... Axel wasn't one of them. He had to compete through the national final. And whilst some artists who had to do like that, like Uku from Estonia, went on to win their chance to represent their country again, Axel didn't, unfortunately. But I think that's, you know, they didn't give him the nod because UMK is occupying such an important position in you know, the cultural calendar of the broadcaster now and the, 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 the Finnish music scene, you know, a little bit like, you know, they couldn't really cancel Melody Festival and all those big national finals because they mean too much in other ways. So you've just got to, you know, go for it, really. But, I mean, this is, it's all right, this song. I don't like it as much as the song last year. Oh, really? Um, no, and I actually grew to quite like that. Although I was disappointed where that Chicholina didn't win and well, didn't win and not go to Eurovision as it happened. I actually did quite like Axel's song, but I just think this is a bit nodding out into something this year. It's kind of, he's on a rock, sat on a rock, not as big as Victoria's at Eurovision. Um, but, um, he's in a mustard jacket with plenty of dry ice going on. Um, and the song's really about kind of getting over love and, you know, the, the sort of, you know, dealing with the, the trauma of that. Um, there's some backing singers. You're right. They are quite socially distanced. Yeah. The way they're positioned on stage. They come on and then they, they climb on some boulders. They've got their own rocks. Yeah. yeah. And then Axel kind of sort of plunks himself down at least at the end. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I yeah. sort of saw that as like a, ah, he's like on a journey and, and he stops to take a break and he's singing like, he's just contemplating life. It was a static performance, yes. And I kind of wanted a bit more from him. But I think this is a very classy song. And I actually think it's growth from last year. I, I do prefer it, much prefer this song mm. to, to last year's. Yeah, joined on stage with a, with his contemporary dancers slash interpretive dancers. Don't think they offered a huge amount. I kind of wanted to be more focused on him and have him do a little bit more for me because that's what the song kind of reflected for me but I just like the way it just washes over you really and I think it's the best song best written song of the lot well there you are then the next song is called Play and it's by Laura you wanna play, play, play like a 
Now, Laura is no stranger to Eurovision. She has been the Estonian representative twice in 2005 with the group Sun Tribe singing Let's Get Loud and also in 2017 with Koitume singing Verona. But she's never reached the final. She's also been in the Estonian national final several mm. times, including in 2007 with her song Sunflowers, which was our second cherry for Estonia that year. Mm. So we know Laura very well. In this performance, she starts um, sat astride an enormous queen. <laughs> no, not like that. Obviously. It's an enormous chess piece which is laying on its side on the on the on the stage. It's um it's gold. She's in a gold and blue outfit. And she's got big curved oversized sleeves and a very plunging cleavage. Mm. And she's got some sort of shimmering cleavage enhancer on, which <laughs> kind of looks a bit like gold leaf slap between the bosoms. It's very odd. It's kind of like a weird kimono, gold kimono. Like it's been... It's yeah, quite, it's, it's not like a floor leg. It's no, it's kind a of high, like a mid-thigh leg. Yeah, it's yeah. quite a high, yeah. This to us talking about fashion. And look at us. <laughs> Cutting edge fashion talk. Right here at Second Cherry. <laughs> She's got four dancers as well. They're, they're on podia. Again, all quite spaced out. And they're dressed like golden toy soldiers. That's exactly my note, Monty. <laughs> they're, they're That's exactly what they look like. Yeah. <laughs> golden army toy soldiers. Oh, it's it's a pleasant pop song. What mm. do you think of it? Um, yeah, as a the visual was more interesting than the song because I feel like after you heard the first half of it, the second half was kind of just the same thing. So it got old quite quickly. It kind of meandered. Laura's diction is a little off. I have That's to what say, I have in my notes yeah, as well. I think it is a, a a general criticism aimed at her where. You know, it's hard to make out some of the words some of the times. Now, sometimes the song is hard. The way that she, the, the the shape of the mouth, the sound you're trying to make, sometimes it can be a bit like that. But she just seems to, yeah, there's something there in that. Um, it's a good also-ran national final song for me. No real criticism. Once it was over, I was like, polite clap. Thank you very much. That's a really good song. Next, really. I think I enjoyed it a little bit more than that. I think you're right about the the addiction. And I think this is something that's quite general with her as well. Across a lot of the songs, there is this tendency to almost like swallow the words that she's singing. It's a strange effect in her vocals. And I, I mean, I, you know, I completely appreciate she's singing in a, a, a second language. Um, and that's not always easy to do, but you can't always tell what she's singing. Uh, and I think that is a bit of a trouble. However, there's a quality to her voice that I really like. There's, it's such a distinctive voice that even though you're kind of going, hang on a minute, what's she actually singing? There's something quite pleasant about the sound of it. And I really like that in her. And um, what she is singing about, it's a kind of, it's a, a song about, you know, a, a lover turning up thinking that she'll just hop on board with them again. Um, but she's having none of it. So yeah. do you want to play, 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 like I'm your better mood game? It's a very strange choice <laughs> of uh, language. Don't want to see you now. Don't want to feel it now. So she's basically, you know, going, nah, you can't just come back here. Sling your hook. I'm not falling for your for your games she ain't having it anymore. Just a shame that we can't understand that's what she's actually saying. <laughs> but I, I, I think it's perfectly pleasant. The 
Finnish jury didn't, or the Finnish viewers didn't. She only got 1% of the votes. So it was a little bit awkward when out of 882 potential points, she scored nine of them. Oh, no. Yeah, she was last on the night and last with the juries as well, only four points from them. So, yeah, not great. I don't know what's behind that. You know, she does live in Finland now, at least part of the time. But, you know, maybe, maybe they see UMK as... You know, it is something for which has to have something very Finnish cultural. Yeah. So maybe, maybe that was the the rejection of her. A shame. Well, on to song number four then, and it's by Ilta, and the song is Killer Masoitan. Monty, I'm getting celestial being vibes here. What about you? Celestial beings. Celestial being. Like angels or... Yeah. Oh. Seraphim and cherubim and... Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. I'm, I'm getting a bit bored of it. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, that's unfair. Um, there's a really interesting piano. Custom-made piano. It's... Got the keyboard, but where the strings of a grand piano would be, the body of the piano behind, it's kind of sort of the geometric shape. It's got, it's almost like as if it's made to look like ribbons billowing in the wind or, or waves or white flames coming I had out it as, the back of it. Yeah, I had it as like a wing. It looks ah, like a bit like a wing. It's like yeah. sculpted woodwork, essentially. I it think, is. I think it's a prop rather than natural piano, but, yeah. but yes. <laughs> Yeah, and she, she had a sort of the, the the shape of the piano seemed to kind of carry through to a frock as well. She had quite an interesting frock. It had enough glitter to earn the wrath of Greta Thunberg environmentally, um, but it was short at the front. It was silver with a long train cut out in sort of silver geometric shapes. But she had a blue tool base underneath mm. it, so gave it a bit of frou frouness frou frouness yeah <laughs> um, the song is it's quite emotionally raw she's you know she's singing um, who am I going to call um, and it's about her you know being alone in her apartment she's looking down at the people on the street and she's listening to her neighbours laughing but you know she's emphasising her loneliness really um, obviously after some relationship um, has broken down and I think it's nice it's pretty but I just when I see something like such an elaborate prop in the piano and such a sort of, you know, unusual frock being deployed, I do tend to think, is that being done to try and distract from the song not being all that? Um, maybe. I don't know. I feel like it was perfectly staged for what the song was. When you've When you've been given that song, how do you stage it? I think that's pretty much... How you do it? Um, oh, she performed it really well. Doesn't yeah, rock. She did yeah. perform it very, very well. It is touching. It is quite touching at times. Um, the song and the performance. She has a very sweet voice, but there is a bit of strength there when she opens up and she's really going. It kind of comes out. I would have liked to see more of that. Actually, she moves around a little bit after a while and kneels down next to the piano and then stands up again and then delivers that sort of like the final bit, which just 
again, it doesn't really go anywhere, but, you know, it, it is a classy entry with a forgettable sort of melody, really. So I suppose that's what was the down point for it. So on to song five. Song five is Sinapaivan kun kaiki rakastamwa. Try and tell me that that's not right. Ah. The day that everyone loves me, and it's by Danny. <laughs> Matt, what do you think of Danny's song? At a glance, this is a very sweet man singing a cute song. Quite average, you know. I've seen this guy a hundred times at a karaoke, you know, gets up, everyone does a like applause because that's kind of a sweet old man singing. But you read the lyrics and you get an understanding of the song and it has real sentiment uh, and like poignancy. I, I kind of hear it differently now from when I first heard it with lyrics like, don't buy an expect, this is literal translations this is a bit weird, but don't buy an expensive chest. I'm not saying against the cardboard box. Basically, he's talking about a funeral and, and funeral arrangements. And when I, when I'm gone, which is the title of the song, The Day When Everyone Loves Me. God, it's heartbreaking. Just that alone. Um, so yeah, he says, don't buy an expensive chest. I'm not saying against the cardboard box. I think he's what he's saying is I don't, I don't really need much when I go. Mm-hmm. The day when everyone loves me, smile as you sing the verses, hold on to the truth. The day when everyone loves me, I just think that's gorgeous. And I, I wonder how gorgeous that is in the Finnish language, actually. I'd like to know that. It goes on to say about money and I think like in inheritance and stuff like that. That's not important. And he kind of just imparts some worldly wisdom before he goes. It kind of feels like that. And it's really got to me. I was like, I, the song is meh, but the, the lyrics and the story is really touching. I, I kind of, like it more than I feel I should, but I like it. This is a classic example for me of where if you're an international fanboy tuning in just to say, oh, what are they going to pick for Eurovision? This will go completely over your head. You need a bit of cultural reference to understand what this is about. Danny is a very long-standing musical artist in Finland, been having hits since the 60s. He's 78 now. He's the ex of Erika Vickman. They were together for four years. She's when she's 50 years younger than him. Um, and he also found fame um, on a meme of a song that he sang called I Wanna Love You Tender with Armi Aviko. Um, and it has a very 70s dance presentation. It's been a bit of a hit online. We'll, we'll put the link to that in the, the show notes. You need to have a look at it. I just think this is absolutely beautiful. The first time I heard it was with the lyric video, but with English subtitles. So I knew instantly I could follow what it was. And it's just beautiful. It is sung from the position of, you know, it's singing about the day of your funeral when everybody's, you know, piling on the the platitudes. Mm. Um, And it's slightly dry. 
Um, there's a slightly knowing glint in his eye by the way he's singing it. And exactly as you said, those kind of sentiments. He's basically saying, you know, don't blow money on an expensive coffin. Just send me off in a cardboard box. Um, but then there's a little nod to, you know, there's one vulture I don't want you to invite. If you do, I'll come back and haunt you. So there's a bit of humour in there as well. And he's saying, you know, let me have one last journey um, in a Mercedes Benz on the, on the way to the church. It's beautifully staged. Mm. Danny is sat on a on a stool. There's a pianist playing, but it's just an upright piano. It's not like a grand or anything like that. Um, the sentiment is really understated. It's candles on the piano. There's a glimpse of a group of mourners over his shoulder at one point. Um, and then at the end, it, sh- it shows you the piano, and the piano is playing itself. You know, the pianist's gone. And when it pulls back into shot, there's Danny's stools that empty. It's so oh. poignant. Mm. I mean, I don't know what the how the lyrics work in um, in Finnish, but the English subtitles have been translated for the sentiment rather than the literal meaning, uh, and they're just beautiful, absolutely beautiful. So I imagine it's got a very melodic feel to it. The way that the lyrics come across the the just the title line as well it sounds beautiful um so i'm willing to bet that the lyrics to this are just work beautifully mm. in finnish absolutely absolutely love it so simple so effective so moving oh having a moment now <laughs> <laughs> there was one other song we're not going to play this because we, we don't have uh, really much time but what just because there was only one other song in the um, final it was called Lie by Oscar uh, O-S-K-R he seems to have seems to have lost one of his vowels which I suppose <laughs> is better than losing one of your bowels um, it's a strange song it's about kind of being thrust together with your ex in a social situation that you've both been invited to and it's the first time you've met since breaking up and he's literally counting the the hours since it since they split up um even though it's now several months and he's obviously not over the person let um, go mate let go i know it's kind of you know he he's he's there and he knows that you know if the ex is how are you and he lies they'll be able to see through the lie but because of the awkwardness and the social etiquette he lies anyway, which is quite interesting because the other lyrics in the song are around the kind of the trust having eroded. Mm. Um, he sounds a little bit angry at times, I think, in the song. It was, maybe it's kind of anger he's suppressing rather than the loss, but I think this has got some really interesting lyrical ideas, even if musically I don't think it really stood out. No, not at all. It just, yeah, it was a nothing song for me. Sorry. So there you go. The songs in this year's UMK, the Finnish National Final. Matt, what's it time for now? Well, it's time for this. Matt and Monty's good thing of the week. That is good. It's good. Oh, that's good, that is. Do you know this by now? This is our segment, which is all about things that are nice and sweet and happy and just make us feel good about the world. And this week, we want to bring up the fact that it's a bit of a fun one, this one. (laughs) Um, And a bit of an unexpected one, isn't it? Unexpected. The news broke. It was revealed (laughs) in capital letters. It was revealed that Prince Charles has named Ema Quinn's The Voice as one of his favourite songs. So what happened? I don't know. I don't know 
why the, he was doing it, but he, oh, I do. Oh, was it? Oh, do you know? Oh, yeah, because I know he, he he got yeah. So he, he put together a list of songs that yeah. So yeah. it's a radio show. It's on the um, British NHS uh, radio, British Hospital Radio, uh, part of National Thank You Day, and so it's kind of like a bit of a Desert Island Discs yeah. list, I think. And uh, he named thirteen songs, and among them was E. McQuinn's The Voice. Which I think took us all by surprise. The you know, royal seal of approval for a Eurovision winner. The list is interesting. There's uh, the Three Degrees, Barbara Streisand, Edith Piaf, Diana Ross in there. Hmm, girl, is there something you're not telling us? <laughs> <laughs> it's quite a camp list. Of yeah. Songs there. So there was no prodigy smack my d- up. <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, no WAP no no, no, WAP. no none of that it was all quite safe I think um, you know quite you know quite culturally diverse making sure there's one one in Welsh there for the Prince of Wales and you know somebody's thought about that list you know one for the gays one for the Welsh very much curated yeah <laughs> but yeah just really just dropped and quite surprise news so we just thought that was fun so that is our Matt and Monty's good thing of the week. That is good. It's good. Oh, that's good, that is. Okay, let's not wait a moment longer. Matt, which of those songs has been chosen as the second cherry for Finland 2021? Well, the Finnish cherry is... I love you by Teflon Brothers and Pandora. <laughs> we thought we'd just go for the camp old ridiculous microwave Martians. Microwave Martians. <laughs> Let's do it. The first time <laughs> they've ever been microwaved, and yeah, we're gonna we're gonna put you on stage. Well, whatever stage that is, yet to be confirmed. But we're gonna put you on stage, and you are the finished cherry. It's now just reminding me of the old adverts in the 70s for Smash, the instant mashed potato, which were advertised with little sort of Martian puppets. (laughs) (laughs) There you go, our finished cherry for 2021. So you can get in touch with us. Matt, how can they do it? At Twitter, at Second Cherry. Instagram, Second Underscore Cherry. Facebook, Second Cherry Podcast. Or you can email us at... Hello at secondcherry.vision. That is Hello at secondcherry.vision. And the website, if you if you're listening on the radio and you want to go and check out our back catalogue, back catalogue <laughs> <laughs> our previous episodes, you can find them all at secondcherry.vision. So there we go. That's that's Finland wrapped up, Monty. We're not going to tell you what we're doing next week because I actually don't think we know that yet. No, we don't. But um, it's going to be great. We will look out for questions about it on Twitter (laughs) and not be too late to answer this time. So we better get off and choose the next cherry then, Monty. We do. See you later. Bye. Bye.